Blog Talk Radio. Decision based off the cards. It was a split decision. We'll get into that. 
Then we'll talk about Showtime's triple header uh, this weekend. Danny Garcia returns to the ring. It's been quite a long time since. What would that be? Uh, 2020. December 2020 against Spence was his last fight. Jose Benavidez, who's only lost to Crawford, uh, both of them aren't you know, any kind of true 154-pounders or anything like that, although I do think Benavides has fought there a little bit more. But, um, you know, considering what the fight is as far as being out of the ring so long, I don't mind the matchup that way. Benavides is a game fighter. Um, the undercard, you know, I've heard a lot of people not excited <laughs> or seen a lot, of, I should say, about the uh, – uh, Antoine Russell, Gary Antoine Russell and Rancis uh, Bartholomew because Bartholomew in the last chunk of years has had some fights where you know, they're slow and a lot of people uh, pinpoint him as a spoiler of sorts. Now it does take skill to spoil uh, at times. It kind of matters you know, if you're still scoring points or not but um, he didn't start his career like that. In fact he was overly aggressive um, I think it was at the Target Center on Friday Night Fights. Yeah, because that's the uh, fight where Caleb Truax lost to Aussie Dur- Or no, it was a draw to Aussie Durant. Um, he was actually over-aggressive in that one. He ended up uh, getting into a little trouble there, uh, mightily anyway. But, um, you know, for what... I still think it's going to give, you know, Russell... I think there's something there that Russell can learn, you know, off of this fight. He's not, he doesn't have a ton of fights. So that's kind of the angle I'm I'm taking. You know, I'm not excited for the matchup like, oh, dude, this is going to be a great matchup. But I don't think it's bad (laughs) development-wise. Let me restate that. I don't think it's as bad as as some folks, you know, uh, are talking about it. Just a lot of people remember that Easter Jew. I don't know. I just think that it's a good development fight. This is not some chump walkover type fight. And if he does spoil and he does make it difficult, I think it's good for Gary Antoine to, uh, you know, go through that. You you learn off of that. It may not look pretty, but you do learn off of that. You definitely do. And then speaking of crossroads fight, Kalisnowski, in a crossroads fight for sure. His last uh, two outings, he's, he's taken the L, um, the Hellenia, and now he's in there with, uh, Demar- what is it, Demarazin? Uh, just a, you know, a game dude as well. Solid uh, fighter. I, I, think, I think stylistically it'll be a fun uh, fight. I mean, usually Kozanowski's in a good-ass fight, so... Um, crossroads fight, I like that fight. It's pretty decent anyway. On Sky Sports, I don't know if it has a home here just yet. I will check into that a little bit later. Can't remember if it has a home yet. But anyway, um, Chris Billiam Smith and Isaac Chamberlain. I think that's a really interesting bout. Um, you know, it's definitely a 50 50. I actually haven't checked. It's just early in the week, but I actually haven't checked. The, the, the odds on it yet, but I'm assuming, um, actually, yeah, I think I did see him. I think they're already posted, but um, I haven't seen him of late. I think 
bet you it's still really, really close. Um, and by the way, you know, last <laughs> last week the show cut off at me at the end, and I was about to play this Steven Espinosa clip, and of course, because I didn't, um, and I played Ryan Garcia, I played, I think I played an Oscar De La Hoya one too, yeah, I did. Um, of course, you know, I got some blowback for that, so, and I, I get it, but I, I didn't purposely do it, you know, last week went really longer than I thought it would, uh, you know, I had, we were talking about that WBA uh, alleged scandal, you know, and that, um, that whole topic, that whole segment went on a little bit longer than I thought. Um, but no, I didn't duck it. <laughs> it's always, oh, you're ducking it, you're ducking it. No, I'm not ducking it. I'll play the clip about what Espinosa said, and then I'll play some other clips as well. So I'll, I'll follow up on that. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on a fight that is or is not being currently negotiated right now. I believe it's being well, I don't know if it's being all the way negotiated. It's probably just being visited. I don't know the term right now, but I don't want to spend a bunch of time on there. But because I got, um, you know, some blowback, I will play the stuff, uh, the Espinosa clip, you know. And then also Oscar De La Hoya again because he does have a clip where he um, says something about – people are kind of wondering, is Ryan Garcia – signed with the zone, you know, because that's always been this big thing, not just Ryan Garcia, but, you know, PBC fighters, are they fine, you know, signed with Showtime, most of them not, you know what I mean, uh, or Fox or whatever, uh, uh, same with ESPN, you know, um, we know they have the output deals, you know, we know ESPN, and, well, but of course Showtime, the zone, blah, 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 but I'll follow up there, but I really don't want to spend a ton of time on that, guys. I've already given my take on it. Um, a lot of people don't like the fact that, well, I shouldn't say a lot. It's kind of half and half, I'd say a lot. But there is some people out there, you know, that I got some pushback on my thoughts on that and, and how, you know, as if me as a boxing fan, I wouldn't want a split site or something like or split pay-per-view. You know what I mean? I'm just big on, you know, something, I'm big on reality really the only thing that's kept me from being completely jaded. You know, as a fan and a media member, um, I, to an extent, it are you know, I am jaded. I mean, for sure. There's no way around it. But I like to be realistic. I like to talk about the truth or being realistic of something, not, I don't know. I've seen multiple messages. I've seen it on a variety of, even people uh, that I have a lot of respect for, uh, you know, talk about it on their podcast or YouTube channel or, or your tweet about it. It was very, this whole week, it's been a very topical thing. And, and basically some people out there questioning, uh, and it's not just me, because like I said, a lot of people go this route where you're just like, and you could call it jaded if you want, that, that's fair. Like I said, I am to an extent, but that's kind of how I remain sane in this stuff. Um, but to question people's uh, love of the sport or something like that, uh, because, you know, by us, by me, I'll say it for me, by me saying that there's only a handful of, you know, split networks, pay-per-views, uh, 
cents pay-per-view game around. There's really not even that many. But for me saying that and stating that and saying usually the A-side in this scenario, blah, 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 that's just the business stuff. And so I have gotten some pushback, but I expect it. You know what I mean? I expect it. But I think it is a little disrespectful to sit there and bring in someone's fanship over this. And, in fact, it could be the opposite where the fandom runs away and they're like, oh, it should be this. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're, you know, I do see a lot of media members changing their tune. You know, and, and it's just honestly a lot of it, not all of it, not all of it. But I'm talking about part-time media, but really full-time media as well, uh, and not just Mannix, you know, who works for the zone. But, you know, it's really funny to see the difference when the, the PBC has an A-side and when Oscar or, or you know, Matchroom or whatever. Um, like how many – here's an example. How many times have you seen Eddie Hearn, or back when this was being negotiated – how many times did you hear Eddie Hearn say that Showtime or Fox or whatever, Showtime and, and DAZN, it should be a split pay-per-view, or Sky, I suppose, but it'd be DAZN here. How many times did you hear him say that? Now, we know who was the A-side in that scenario, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Anthony Joshua was. Um, I mean, look at Devin Haney. Did, did did Eddie Hearn ever say it should be a split pay-per-view? Did, did we ever hear that? Or it should be split broadcast or some shit like that? Like, I just think people get a little, I don't know, some people will tweet for certain reasons, but are a little bit just biased. I think everybody has a bias when it comes to like picking fights or fighters they like, but sometimes it bleeds into a lot of this stuff, especially when it comes to Oscar De La Hoya. The guy fought everyone in the book. I respect the shit out of his career. I, the people that say he never won a big fight, all right, dude, fine. But you know what? You know, he fought a lot of fighters, dude. So um, I never – I mean, you could say, oh, Danny Garcia never won a big fight at 147. Yeah, but, dude, he fought a lot of guys, man. I mean, Thurman, Porter, Spence. I have a lot, a great deal of respect for Oscar De La Hoya, but for him to just on the blue say, well, this is how it's got to be. I mean, to say that even Charlo Munguia has to be a split pay-per-view, it's like, you have to put money up first before you say that shit. So anyway, it's it's just funny what this stuff makes or say or whatever. Um, But like I said, I'm a realist, okay? Do, do I give a fuck? Like, I'm going to pay for the pay-per-view no matter who the fuck's broadcasting it. If it's split, if there's four, four different broadcasters, you know, I don't give a shit. I'm going to I'm gonna pay for it. Um, but when you talk realistic about something, and then you, you know, people respond by saying, you know, basically, like, that's, that's nonsense. Like, it's bullshit. Like, what I'm saying is completely bullshit. Funny, because it's like really, because that's realism. You know, that's realistic shit. This is reality. It's a business. It's an ugly, nasty, bullshit business, and that's why, you know, it's always my one A, one B, one C. You know, football, basketball, um, tennis for an adult. You know, a little specialized stuff like that. But I'll always love boxing. But I, like I said, there was a time where I was so caught up 
and emotion and passion that I don't know. I just I, I I just check that. I mean, I still have a lot of passion for it, a lot of emotion and all that, but I don't like to just fanboy it, basically. Um, and to it's just funny, like I said, when the when the A side resides on the PBC, and obviously Mayweather was never PBC. Um, I know that he invested in it, so he basically kind of is. But it's just funny how people say shit completely different, like just based off that. I'm not talking about the people that just are always consistent with, uh, I think everything should be a split pay-per-view in scenarios or whatever. I'm not talking about those people. I, I, I don't, like, I agree. I wish that was the case, you know, but um, anyway, we'll talk about it just minus. Like I said, here I am saying I don't want to talk about it, but that's why, because it just, it just gets old. But I, but I will follow up because I did get several people asking for something and being able to show what Espinosa said and all that, so I will follow up on that. The WBA, by the way, uh, did make some announcements. Uh, some of them are a little too late, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, well, all of them are too late. Um, but Leo Santa Cruz was denied a unification with Ray Vargas and he was giving what a 24 hour period to see if he wanted to accept the fight with Lee Wood well, he, it turns out he did so that's kind of an interesting fight like I said last week I thought Ray Vargas is a better fight but either one Lee Wood or Vargas I was going to be okay with I like both of those opponents uh, and then we, uh, you know, of course, some fight news, some boxing Twitter segment, uh, Camposas and Haiti, it sounds like that's getting close. A couple other fights that are talked about, Caleb Plant might make his return here soon. So we'll, we'll talk all about it in just a little bit. Like I said, we'll start in the ring, and then we'll talk a little bit of news. Um, I'm really excited to see what this fall and winter schedule starts to shape up. We are, you know, September. I'm not going to say it's stacked, but we have two really good fights right now um, in the main events anyway, but I'm, I'm really interested to see how we're going to close to the year, you know. Um, if we're being honest, July and August it's just okay. We have, like, a big, big fight, of course, with the Usyk and AJ rematch in August, about a month from now. Um, but, you know, we we just got spoiled, dude. From April to June, we got spoiled. Um, and so it's okay, you know. It's okay that we're not getting these crazy fights or anything. But it does have a vibe as far as big fights. You know, it kind of does have a throwback vibe before the networks and all that got back into it. ESPN got to deal with top rank and stuff like that. Sometimes you go six weeks without it. A really, really interesting card. And I'm talking about a top-flight card. I really like the card uh, from last weekend, especially on paper with both the top. Uh, the main event turned out really good. That was a very competitive fight. But um, I have seen some people kind of, you know, kicking rocks right now, like, man, boxing sucks. And it's like, I hear you, dude. It's slower. I mean, well, I, you know, as far as the schedule, there's always fights every weekend. But, um I see where they're 
coming from, but you're not going to get me to complain about it this year. I'll tell you that. Last summer, the, uh, the COVID thing with Fury. So Fury and Wilder got pushed back. Uh, Pacquiao Spence fell apart because of the injury. You know, so we did actually kind of really have a dampening type. We had a good close, but we had a really poor summer as well. So maybe people are kind of just remembering that. But anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. If you don't want to, you can find the platform on Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, uh, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Someone always says, I listen on Google Podcasts, so I always mention it. Um, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting a cord, or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. And right now, they're breaking it down in a variety of ways. Uh, there's four separate streaming packages okay the first one starts at 69.99 and as you go up to the choice and the ultimate and the premier package then you can start to add uh three months with hbo max showtime cinemax and stars uh as far as on this platform showbox or showbox <laughs> showtime has a deal with uh, direct tv for 550 per month for three months something to think about that's direct tv stream okay so um and i'm kind of talk as loud as i normally do so hopefully it's not messing up stuff <laughs> um like i said i'm just starting this podcast a little late let's start in the uh with the co-feature with giovanni cabrera and Gabriel Flores, and oh, speaking of Flores, yeah, I mean, floor is the key word there. Quick left hand, what, what, five, seven seconds in or something like that? Bam, drops him. I'm like, oh, shit. Wow. Okay, <laughs> that was pretty intense. I mean, Cabrera was just unloading mostly left hands, just unloading on him. Uh, there was a second knockdown in that round, uh, several left hands, and I think it was a left hand, or several really good lands, and I think it was a left hand that kind of had uh, Flores crash into the rope. Uh, Flores, did, I'll say this, he did manage four or three punches near the end. I thought, oh, wait, maybe maybe his legs aren't as bad as they first uh, looked, but it, it, it did not look good. Uh, round two. Some two-way action, but by that time, Flores, it just seemed like he was just missing a lot because you know, he was trying to go for the gusto at that point, and you could just see Giovanni was landing better. Now, the third round, I thought, clearly, it was a very two-way round, but Gabe, uh, you know, during some of his back and forth, he, he was landing the better punches, um, whether it's left hook and right hand, um, I know Cabrera, you know, uh, landed pretty a few good shots down the stretch of that third round, but it wasn't enough. I actually didn't give that to Flores, and that was kind of like, all right, dude, wow, like that's kind of impressive. Two rounds later, when it looked like you were about to be done, um, and then you could kind of see Cabrera 
using his jab at range to kind of just get focused again. And then it was like, what a two-punch. He just kept two-punch combo. He'd throw a combo, and then with this little subtle movement. He did that in the fifth round. Um, I think it was a, the combination hurt him, and then I think it was a right hand, and the right hand kind of landed on the side of uh, Flores' head, if I remember correctly. But lead lefts, straight uppercuts, whatever. I mean, he was uh, – I'll say this too. Cabrera was a little overall better than I thought. Uh, not that – you know, I actually did pick Flores Jr. In a, well, on the books, it wasn't that much of an upset. Um, I think I only saw one website that had him as a very, very minor upset, uh, underdog. But I, I don't know. Like – I didn't think he's a little bit quicker than I thought. I'll give Giovanni credit for that. And these subtle little movements, using angles, stepping back, landing a good punch, I still think he keeps his hands down way too low. But to be fair, you could say that a lot of, about a lot of fighters, you know. I mean, ever since, I don't know, the 2000s, whatever, you know, a lot of people try to fight like Roy. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, after that, I mean, the seventh round, there was there were some good moments. Even the sixth round, there was exchanges, exchanges midway. Um, but, like, that slight step back and then a flush land by Cabrera, that was the difference, man. That was the difference. Um, you know, the left hooks for Flores did start to find a home down, you know, maybe the seventh or eighth round. Close round. Um, you know, you could. I did respect Flores in many ways because he was swinging for the fences all the way down the stretch. But I mean, one eighty nine to fifty seven was the punch count. All three judges had a ninety eight eighty nine, and I heard a lot of folks say that you know Gabriel Flores Jr. He needs to hang him up. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough one. He's so damn young. Shit, Jean Pascal. <laughs> I'm about to mention him in the news because of uh, he's a mandatory that just got called. I mean, and that's a bad example because he, you know, used a bunch of. Uh, well, let's just put it this way. He failed some tests. Um, I'm torn on this one, you know. I, I saw a tweet, you know, he needs to get, you know, a good union job and just hang up the gloves. And I get it. You know, I do get it. He has taken some some pretty, a whole lot of punishment in these last handful of fights. And you don't normally see a guy that was touted like that. Usually it's like, like Gomez, right, where he just gets in trouble or, you know, the weight's not right or whatever. You know, like they just kind of F off their professional career and mess up, like I said, whether it's partying, whether it's, you know, not being in shape, blah, 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 blah. They just, they ruin their career somehow, you know. Uh, when I'm talking about a young fighter. Who has a lot of height, probably
probably led from the, uh, you know, the, 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 the amateur pedigree. And I don't know. It's like, but this is like, and he may, I don't know. Maybe he has problems making weight and all that. I don't know a ton about Gabriel Flores. Ah, man, it's tough. Like, because you'd have to at this point kind of, well, not kind of, you'd have to rebuild, you know. You'd have to rebuild. And how many times do they want to put Gabriel Flores in an opener against a a no-hoper? You know, you kind of already went through the no-hoper stage, and then you started getting development fights, and then, you know. Um, once again, the reality of this stuff is there's plenty of fighters that – I mean, do I want to see Abner Mars come back right now? I was a huge – I'm a huge fan of him. I'm not really anticipating it. You know, now, am I going to be watching? Yeah. And obviously those are two – you know, bringing up Pascal and bringing up Mares, it, it doesn't correlate perfectly because, you know, they're old. But it's just one of those things that where you can tell a guy, nah, dude, you shouldn't be doing this, and then all of a sudden he'll get a big win, you know. Um, and I just – I think they'd have to move him more laterally than – taking, you know, large steps back because, like I said, I mean, unless he wants to fight, you know, deep down on the card, you know, and I don't even know what he gets per fight. And usually when you lose, <laughs> it can go down if you're not a big, big name. So I don't know. I mean, him and his father do have a decision to make. It's not going to be easy, regardless of whatever he chooses. But, yeah, I mean, you can – you can hurt yourself early in your career more than you think, you know. So we'll see where where he goes, man. It, it's like I said, a, a couple years back, man. Gabriel Flores was talk of the town. A lot of hardcore fight fans, a lot of people that I respect were high on him. Um, and yeah, it's it's you know it, that's just the boxing just got that way of. Uh, you know, bringing you down to earth, I guess, right? Um, so the main event, I, w- I was fine with the outcome, mostly because of the scorecards. Um, I did have Gonzalez winning the fight, you know, 6-4, 5-4-1. Uh, I could see a 5-5. I could also see Dogbo, you know, I, I think I tweeted something like, you know, Six four five four one, um, or five. Wait, yeah, five four one six four. Draw or a close win, and that's what it was for Doc Bay. Um, the first four rounds, he fought really well. It's probably his best. The, the best four rounds uh, up there now. I don't think it was just a sweet four zero. Personally, I'm not saying it has to be a two two. You know. Um, but I don't think – I thought Gonzalez won one of those, whether it was the fourth round or the second round. Did like Dog Bay's jab um, and him fighting kind of at, at distance and then kind of getting some work in and then getting back out. I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, we saw him – he even said it after the fight. You know, we've seen him 
you know, fall into these brawls so many times in his career. And uh, not that he can fight like this all the time, but um, I did like what I saw out of that. And it basically was like the only way Joe Gonzalez is going to win this fight is if he brings the pressure, shortens the gap, you know, and, and lands those short punches. You know, when he did that, he won the round pretty cleanly. Um, and I thought, like I said, the first four rounds, the jab, the overhand right, or the roundhouse right, just pressing. I thought he won the fourth round. The second round, he was pushing forward behind that jab, and then those short punches on the inside. I'm not saying it has to be 2-2, like I said, but I don't think it was 4-0. I know they said that a bunch of times on the broadcast. I think he could have given Gonzalez one of those early rounds, at, and, and, and maybe that's why I had the score the way I did, you know. Um, but I got to give credit to Dogma. He fought probably about as smart as he's going <laughs> to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, the fifth round was extremely close in my mind. Could have won either way. I did think Gonzalez started picking it up, though. Uh, come sixth round, I gave the sixth, seventh, eighth, and the ninth. I really thought that. You know, even like in the sixth round, the first part of it, you know, dog bay, landing combinations, and then his little exit strategy. But then you saw more of those short punches on the inside, left hooks uh, to the head and body. Um, and he was outlanding him, Gonzalez. And they were better shots, I thought. Um, hooks to the body, like I said, with both hands. He was also adding uh, uppercuts to the head, into the body a little bit. And, you know, like the, what was that, the seventh round, that was really close. You know, after seven rounds, this thing was 123 to 123 when punches landed. I remember I put that little note in, in that seventh round, 27 to 25 in favor of Gonzalez, but that was a close, close round. Could have went either way on that one, so it's not like um, I'm confident with those first four, you know, all four rounds from six to nine, like it's just a, a done deal. Um like the ninth round, you know, I just thought, although Dog Babe, you know, ended on a high note, it was a fun round, I still thought the better shots overall were from Gonzalez, and then definitely um, the tenth round. I definitely gave that to Dog Babe. It was competitive, don't get me wrong, but I just thought, thought Dog Babe landed those, you know, just landed the better shots. But overall, um, you know, 197 to 190, uh, Gonzalez, you know, only landed seven more punches than him. Um, 549 to 783, so 36% to 24%. Dog Bay, you know, like threw more punches, which is no big surprise there. This was an active fight, though. I thought the body shots added up, too, and a lot of times when we hear about copy box or complaints about copy box, it is the body shots because I've seen many a fight over the years where it doesn't feel like you know they're getting full credit, or maybe the judges are. You know, sometimes it's not copy box, and you use copy box to say, well, hold on, Gonzalez uh, landed 69 to 39, 30 more body shots. Doesn't that you know count for something? Uh, and of course it does because he didn't get blown out or anything like that. But I just think that that's why, I don't know. I, I thought he won the fight. Um, but, of course, 96-94, um, two for Dog Bay and one for uh, 
Joet, Joet. So that that's why I was okay with it. Because it's like, all right, dude, if you're going to give me a legit scoring card, I'm not going to sit here and complain. You know, like I've, I've watched too much damn boxing to complain about something like that in my mind. Um, I didn't get a chance. Uh, well, overall, um, I would like to see a rematch. I know this is a title eliminator, but, I mean, do we want to see that fight again with with Navarrete? I don't know. In, in some ways, it seems like they were talking about it like that would be the fight, but I don't know, man. I, I think the first fight was close. Second fight was like a clear, clear win for Navarrete. Is it Navarrete or Navarrete? Either way, he's got a fight coming up. Who knows? Maybe he'll move to 130. I really don't know. But um, it was a very, like, a that's a good bounce back for Dog Bay. But like I said, I definitely would not be opposed, you know, for Gonzalez to, to get the rematch. I think it was that good of a fight. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, I, I think uh, I had him winning, technically. Uh, Cabrera, as far as he goes, this will move him up in the rankings. This will keep his name there. And, you know, what is he, 21-0 now or something like that? He's eventually going to get a shot, you know. Um, yeah, like he's his, his a little faster, still not as fluid um, on offense, and he does kind of square up at times. It's kind of like sometimes he'll be a little too tentative looking for the, uh, too good of a punch. Like in, a, in the past, I'm not saying in this fight. Uh, it's just something I noticed, but um, that's the one thing about their, those first four rounds. Speaking of tentative, you know, Joel was tentative. And it probably kind of threw him off that uh, Dog Bay was going to fight that way. That, that probably did. You know what I mean, it probably did. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't mind a rematch, to be honest with you, because I don't really want to see that, that that third one. Also on the card, the youngster, um, the 18-year-old, I think, that Abdullah Mason, he got a uh, – Actually, he's the first rounder, right? Right at the bell, right? I think it was right, 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 right at the bell. Saw that. Then that uh, Antonio um, Myerlez, Myerlez, I think it is that big old dude. He's like six eight, six nine, or whatever. Uh, you know, he he got his real quick. Uh, Dante Benjamin scored three knockdowns in the first round, real easy. Um, Stuff I saw. I think that's I think that's what I saw. I think that's the only stuff that I saw. There was that. Was there a different heavyweight fight too? What am I? What do I think? I can't remember. I can't remember what. Anyway. Um, either way, though, like I said, you know, you, all you can do is, is draw them up. And sure, the co-feature, you know wasn't close, you know, as far as the fight goes, but you know, that was the, technically on the betting books, that was the tighter fight, so you know I uh, I enjoyed it, I thought it was a pretty good card uh, and uh, the main event definitely lived up to it, no doubt about it 
Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, that that uh, Chris William Smith and Isaac Chamberlain. You know, it's kind of interesting that that um, William Smith he was with Matchroom and Eddie Hearn, and he got this big offer, which I guess is starting to happen with Sky Sports a little bit for Matchroom guys, but or other guys too. Queensberry's as well, Frank Warren's guys that happened recently too. Um, but I, I just saw an interview saying it's only a one fight deal, so it's like, huh, okay, kind of interesting there. But yeah, that fight with him and uh, Isaac Chamberlain. Chamberlain is a very very small underdog. I think plus one fifty is the highest, and as we know in boxing, plus one fifty is not really all that high. You know, it's close to a 50-50. Minus 186. Minus 189 is the highest I see there. Um, so, yeah, this is a – I think it's, it's going to be a good fight. I do think that uh, Chris uh, Chris Billion-Smith will win the fight. Um, that Tommy – he had – it was Tommy McCarthy, right? Yeah, that was the one where um, – it was a really competitive fight. This was uh, this was last year, actually. In the, I think it was in the summer, about a year ago. Sorry, um, cruiserweight fight. Uh, but the scorecards, actually, I should check them out. They were really, really close. Uh, it was a split decision. Yeah, here we go. One sixteen, one twelve, one fifteen, one fourteen, and one fifteen, one fourteen. Um, people are freaking out about the boxing rack. Uh, <laughs> The display, I like it, but I know what people are saying. Like, you got to hit buttons to see. Like, I just had to look to look at those cards. I remember the split decision, but I didn't remember the cards. Um, and then like the weights. I mean, it's all right there. I can see though when you like on your phone how this could get messed up. Like the thing wouldn't work or some shit. People are like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> but he uh, he cleanly beat him that second time, Tommy. Like, uh, you know, um, Billy Smith. He he, he kind of. He got to clean that that close fight up. I thought he did. He did really good in the rematch. Now, Isaac Chamberlain, this was a, a little while ago now, I think. Yeah, 2018. Let me check really quick. Yeah, February 2018, he did drop a 10-round decision. Um, to Lawrence Coley, but, you know, I mean, this, this, I kind of, I remember this fight. It was a while ago. Um, I don't know if it was 89 or 98-89, but 96-90, um, because Chamberlain went down in the first round. Yeah, that's right. And then he got uh, dropped in the sixth round as well. I forgot. He did have a, a point deducted as well. I just – this one to me is like a 50-50. I'm picking uh, Billion Smith, but I'm kind of lost on – you know, who's going to win this fight? Because neither of them have, you know, when, oh, one of them stepped all the way up and got beat pretty cleanly. Uh, but it was competitive. It wasn't like all, you know, wasn't all bad. Um, and then you also have that, uh, you know, you do have that, that loss from a while ago now um, on William Smith's uh, record as well. So, and that was to an unbeaten prospect. It's kind of a funky name. I don't really remember his name too well, but um, 
like I said, this one to me is just, it's competitive as hell. I mean, I really, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be a good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go by decision. Yeah, it was uh, Richard. He's still undefeated. Right, Jorge? I don't know. I don't know how to say his name, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he fought like two on uh, Jack Massey. I actually think I did believe. I believe I watched that fight. Yep, I did see that one. Yeah, I saw that Jack Massey after that. Yeah, I do remember that. That was competitive. That was a competitive fight. I'm looking at it right now. Yep, that was competitive. He took care of McCarthy like no problem. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Interesting fight, man. I'm. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Far as like, you know, um, do we have any words here? Yeah, I, I don't see it listed. Sky Sports. Hopefully, ESPN Plus picks it up, but it may be one of those where you're just going to have to find it after. Um, at least personally, that's what I'll probably do. Um, I don't tell people, you know, not to live stream, but. <laughs> Or illegal stream, but then again, if there's, you know, it's not like a pay per view. So um, if it's if there's no outlet, then what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? What, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, that's the Showtime triple header. Like I mentioned, um, you know, Danny Garcia gets back on the horse again. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Uh, really calling this like some kind of great matchup or oh man this is this is the this is a banger. I mean it probably will be a banger as far as the actual action. Um and from what was this like November or December he did have a, a, a majority draw and uh he fought like yeah one fifty-eight. I actually got a message. Someone saying that you know uh, Benavides was actually a one forty pounder and all that, and you know he, he went up and all that. But um, he fought over one fifty-four more than once. I mean, his last time out he was one fifty-eight and three fourths. But he had some other fights that were uh, above one fifty-four in his career. And to be fair, like. Here's a 152 from 2015, blah, blah, blah. You know, to be fair, like I I was going to finish that, he fought uh, Marisa Herrera at 140 as Jorge Paez Jr. he did as well. But he, you know, on the way up, he actually did have some fights because sometimes you don't, you know, you don't weigh in at the actual weight when you're coming up like the exact weight. He was, uh, you know, 140, uh, a fair amount. He definitely did. Um, but, you know, he does have some fights that were a little over that. Um, but that that's the thing. Um, yeah, he did start at 140, and he fought Terrence Crawford a while ago now, um, you know, at welterweight. But that's my point. I mean, let's not act like, like Danny, you know, has like, I mean, who's he fought at? You know, he hasn't fought anybody above that either. So I just don't, I don't know. I just, to me, it's like, that's kind of what I think is 
I guess you could say more even when it comes to this is they're both not necessarily one, you know, 54 pounders. Um, Danny has been going with the line and we'll see if it, you know, makes sense about him not having to cut weight and him being able to spar more and, you know, having camps, not all about weight and stuff like that. Not all about it, but you know what I mean? They, a lot of times they say it. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it felt better. No doubt. And mentally I can help you a lot, but and physically obviously too, but you know, we got to see it. We got to see it to believe it. And like I said, Jose, he fought at over 54s last fight. Now he had a draw, but he did fight over almost 160. So, um, the one thing I'll say about 54 is, you know, when he fought Thurman, not Thurman right now per se, but when he fought Thurman, uh, Porter, Spence, um, some of these guys are, are elite. And, you know, the top 10 comparatively, top 10 or top five, whatever, at 54 compared to, you know, 47, it's not really all that great of a comparison, right? Because so maybe that also gives him a little bit more confidence and maybe he'll feel like, well, you know, Matisse and, and Khan weren't as talented as those guys I mentioned. And he obviously was an underdog at 140 and knocked off both those guys, but maybe that'll work in his favor. And, and, you know, maybe this 54 will work out. We can also see a, a really rusty, uh, mediocre, lethargic fight from both of them. You never know. I mean, at least uh, he did get a fight in there. Um, but yeah, Benavides, you know, he's a good fighter. He's always been solid. Obviously, he had, you know, the leg thing always comes up. You know, getting shot in the leg and, and you know, his outside of the ring stuff. Um, you know, so he almost made it 12 rounds. Um, yeah, he almost made it 12 rounds with, uh, with Terrence Crawford. But I don't know. Like, for, like I mentioned, for the fight. That what I mean, what if one scorecard, let me see. 107, 102, 108, 101. 107, 102. 12 rounds. Um yeah, cuz Benavidez just got that's right, he got knocked down in that round and that's right. I do remember that. Um God, that was already 2018. And that's the thing, man. You you're off for 3 years. And then Francisco Torres, you know. So that's why I'm not sitting here calling it some kind of, oh, this is a great matchup. You know, I mean, he's got, like I just mentioned, Mauricio Herrera, Francisco Santana. But you go back and revisit that fight, I don't think he won that fight, to be honest. I thought, I thought Francisco Santana beat him. I thought he beat him. I remember that fight. Um, you could even say that about Herrera, maybe. I just think it's a it's a good opponent with a good record. You know what I mean? Guy that probably shouldn't be at fifty four as well, and so that's why I don't think it's he doesn't have a major advantage against them. Um, 
But, yeah, I got Danny Garcia winning. Uh, will he win by knockout? Got a chance to. But that's the thing, like, and I know people, I've already just got a message from saying, you know, this is going to help them, this weight. And I, I get that. But, you know, he took his time to go to 147. Remember, he did it in a couple fights, Lamont, Pauly, um, and then, who did he, is it Guerrero? Did he get the the full title from or whatever? WBC at 47, the full 47? Um, so, I don't know, man. Like My thing is, he had legit, legit, let me say it one more time, legit punching power at 147. Can't take that away from him. You can't. However, it's like, clearly, it wasn't as powerful. He wasn't as powerful at 147. Now, everyone that fights him says, damn, that dude hits hard. I mean, it just hurts, you know. Um, but it wasn't hurting people left and right. He wasn't landing the same punches, you know what I mean? And part of that is the elite guys he was facing. Um, now, you could say maybe that Granados fight where it was like, I mean, Granados at 47 is not as good at 140 anyway. Let's put that out there. But I did actually think that would be a tougher fight, and he walked through him, you know. So that's the thing. At 154, like I said, the top 15 comparatively, especially a, a few years ago at welterweight where those guys were more in their prime, um, I could see his mind going, I can beat these dudes. They're not as good as the elite guys I, I face. They're more like the 140-pounders. But, and, I, and I get that he'll be healthy and full of energy and all that won't have to cut that extra weight, so therefore he'll have more power. I get it, but it's just hard to think that's going to be the case if his power wasn't the same at 47. It's like right now, uh, Jamal Charlo, right? 154, that dude could punch. That boy could punch at 154. However, at 160, he could still punch. Don't get me wrong. He's got plenty of pop all that good stuff, but is it is it as powerful? Now, if he goes to 68, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I have my doubts about that, but um, we'll talk about Danny, about who he wants to fight a little bit later in the fight new stuff, but um, yeah, I think it, it is what it is. It's going to draw a good crowd. You know, for Danny, how he sells tickets at the Barclays. Um, so that part's cool. Of course, you got the Mexicano and Puerto Rican fighter, right? Um, with Benavides and Garcia, so that's kind of cool. And then Koznowski will, by the way, there'll be some Polish folks in there. And that's, uh, there's two other fights that I'll talk about. But, you know, I actually, on paper, I don't think it'll actually be, what's that term, the, the slobber knocker? I actually don't really think it'll be a slobber knocker, although I, I have to say most fights that he's in are that, Kostowski, right? I do remember, man, already three years since that Pacquiao-Thurman fight. Wow. Um, but anyway, the reason why I brought that up, because Efe and, and uh, his opponent, um, Ali, what is it, uh, Demirazen? Dem- Dem- Demirzen, Demirzen, um, 
he thought what I thought was a good – he put in a good test. I was more on board with the uh, Weisfeld card than the 90 – I was kind of in between the 99, 91, and 97, 93, which I guess that would be 98, 92. <laughs> no, but I thought he put in a good test for him. And, you know, since then he, he dropped that. But he did get um, a decent win over that Niccolo guy. Uh, and that Gerald Washington fight, I forgot about that. Yep. And that was a competitive fight uh, on the cards. That's right, because that was, that was one of that, that heavyweight card that still, although it won't count, right? We all know, we've said it then, and it's still holding today, that, that, that heavyweight uh, Fox uh, PBC pay-per-view, because it was a pay-per-view, it, it won't count. It won't count that card for the card of the year right now. Uh, because it, it cost us 40 bucks or whatever it was. Um, but you know what? Like, that's still the best card of the year. I know that people are going to push back on that, and that's fine. And if you didn't, you know, if you didn't watch the fight, cool, no problem. But facts are facts. And, uh, that really was. I forgot about that Gerald Washington fight. And then he just fought Kevin Johnson, which I completely forgot. He literally just in May did. So he got a nice little eight rounds in there. So, you know, I haven't seen the odds on this. I'm going to favor Ali. I'm going to go with uh, Demarizan. Demarizan. I mean, I'm going to go with him. I just think that, you know, I mean, he's a different fighter than, say, well, Hellenius, right, who just beat him uh, back-to-back. Um, that's just bookend the pandemic for him, too, because that was the last card. And then he did it last year, late in the year, and he had that large gap. Anyway, I'm, I'm over here talking about it. But I, I do think it's going to be a fun-ass fight. I think, it, I mean, Kozlowski is just barely in a bad fight. I mean, let's be honest about it. So, and like I said, the crowd will be, you know, cheering for him. You know, they're going to come out to an extent. Even though they've seen their guy go down twice back to back, they're still going to be, you know, they're going to go to the Polish flags. That's just how it goes. Shots out to the Polish fans. Um, and now for the opener, which I really like this as a fight. Once again, 15 and 0, 15 knockouts, but 15 fights. Your 16th fight. Let's keep that, you know, on our mind with uh, Gary Antoine Russell. Okay, and let's another thing. He didn't really fight much of anybody until he, uh, last year, like in May, pulled that upset against Santiago. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, damn, who's this? You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit. And then his last fight, you know, Postal's not, uh, you know, he's not his prime anymore. And they probably didn't need to stop that fight, if I recall, because it was scale, I believe, in the last round. But, I mean, the aggressiveness from Gary Antoine Russell combined with the accurate punching, you know, the short inside punching, sometimes he just <laughs> really swings for the fences. Like, he, he is a pressure fighter through and through, but he does have, like – does have skills. He has fundamentals. He does have a pretty good guard. You know what I mean? He doesn't just... I mean, Postal will make it pay. You saw him shit, just against Ramirez. You saw him 
a while back now, but you saw him against Taylor. I mean, some people thought that Postal beat Ramirez. I, you know, I personally didn't. I thought Ramirez pulled it off. But, I mean, that was, uh, that was a close fight. And I think back-to-back fights now, Rancis Bartholomew, 29-1-1. One one. Um, you know, he, he had that, that split decision draw um, in 2019 that, you know, people say on record that's the, that's the worst fight I've ever seen. In that type of thing, and, and don't get me wrong, I didn't think it was super exciting. You know, I did think that uh, Relic, I thought Relic beat him the first time, and then clearly beat him the second time. Uh, we saw that. I mean, that was that was wide. That was a wide score. Um, but I remember scoring that for him. He beat Mickey Bay, Dennis Shabakov, uh, which at that time, you know. Shavikov was pretty damn good, and he, he cleanly beat him. Um, Antonio DeMarco, I remember that fight. Uh, uh, the Mendez is the one I was talking about. That was all the way back in January, man. It must have been cold that day. Up, up North Gear. Ja- that's right, January uh, the 3rd, 2014. Mendez was down twice, and it was called a no decision. Because, like I said, he was over aggressive. Because he, he hit his ass extra. And then, you know, uh, in the rematch, he pretty much won the fight pretty cleanly. Knocked him down, I believe, a couple times. I mean, he'll get dirty with you. Like I said, he knows how to spoil fights. Uh, the last dude, I don't remember seeing that fight. I did see that uh, Riviera fight. Um, he cleanly beat that guy. But I think the style... Um, the length, 5'10", 72, I believe. Is it 72 or 73? He's got pretty long arms, uh, Bartholomew. The know-how, I, I do think that Gary Antoine Russell is going to get something out of this fight. Now, I favor him. I'm not going to call for a TKO. I think he'll beat him like, uh, let's say, 8-4 to four or something like that, probably well, no, no, no. Let me take that back. I'll say like nine to three. Anywhere from—I mean, he can—he can tend it to him, maybe. But I—I I, I wouldn't be shocked if it got a little. Well, not dicey, but competitive, like dicey for him. Like, like I mentioned, there, there's just something about going against guys that can take away what you do well, and what you know. Antoine Russell does is bring that heat. He brings the pressure. Dare to knock you out. Like I said, I don't know if I'm calling for a knockout. I know he's knocked out everybody. Um, like I said, I, I don't. The pull, the pull stall fight was over, but he probably shouldn't have. They probably shouldn't have called it. You know what I mean? Or they shouldn't have. But I do like this development fight. I like how they're moving him of late. I think it's these are the fights he needs, and, and these guys are good fight. Like Bartholomew's not. I mean, yeah, we know he's been in boring fights. Opponent for him, like I said, at the age. That's how you judge all these fights, right? You judge them at where they at. You know what I mean? And uh, and I believe this is a good development fight. And 140 is about to pop off. Um, you know, with Taylor, even if he does one more fight or not, um, he's they're it's gonna pop off. 
belts are going to come loose. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about this 140. It's just another reboot. And uh, I remember Regis Program, that'll be during the, the Twitter segment, he had a pretty funny tweet, you know, because he's had a weird stage of his career right now. It hasn't been an ideal run for him. But um, hopefully he can really, you know, he wants to stay at this weight class. I know he's, what, missed at least once. Missed it twice? I can't remember now. But hopefully he gets a big shot. By the way, DeZone has a Thursday night card at the uh, Fantasy Springs Resort Casino in Indio, California. That always looks like a great venue. At some point I want to see that. Gonzalez in Angulo is the main event. And then Manuel Gucci Manny Flores uh, is the co-feature. So he's 12-0 or something like that. Yeah, 12-0, 9-KOs. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a cool little Thursday night. You know, got to like the Thursday night. Um, Channel 5 in the U.K. from Newcastle, Josh Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. No, Josh Kelly and Lucas Bastia. Bastia? Bastia? Um, I definitely think Kelly will win that fight. That's on Channel 5 over there, huh? Very interesting. I don't think... That's not, not really a close matchup, though, right? I don't believe so. So, um, that's about it for the weekend. Preview and predictions. Like I said, I've kind of just... I, I started this show. It's almost midnight <laughs> um, Central Time. I started the show a little late. Had a long-ass day and just wanted to uh, get some content out before I go on vacation. And now we'll get into some of this fight news stuff here. Um, as I mentioned before, the WBA, um, the WBA stuff with, uh, oh, yeah, well, there's a couple of them, actually, now I think about it. The WBA, obviously, like I mentioned, stopped, um, unification and a lot of people <laughs> this is why belts are like who gives a shit but in the same breath it's like so there's always a complaint you can have and like I said if, if the WBA would have said we are going to okay this fight I wouldn't have been pissed first of all I think it's a better fight I think Ray Vargas is a better fighter personally my own opinion but I like Lee Wood. I like this fight, too. But remember, just by rules, stupid-ass sanctioning belt rules, but the reason why, and it's bullshit, it is bullshit, but the reason why Leo Santa Cruz was able to fucking slough off the WBA, or WBA belt is because he was the super champ. When you're the super champ, in fact, who's the fighter? Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman, because he was, remember when he was calling out everybody, including Floyd Mayweather? And he saw all the, so the super, remember him saying this, I need to be the super WBA, that way I don't have any mandatories, really. You know, once in a while they'll call him, like uh, Jacobs and Lovekin, I believe that was a, a double title there. Um so they'll call him. Obviously, they're calling him more now. But um, it, that's why. That's why. Because it's basically the franchise champ, in a sense, like the WBC. 
So when you're the super champ, a lot of times you don't have a mandatory, period. You can get mad at it and call it a fucking joke, which it is, but you shouldn't sit there and bang your head on a on a wall, especially if you're like just this pro Lee Wood or pro UK fight fan where it's just like, this is bullshit. Like I'm putting my foot in the ground for this individual. Um, this is where it all stops. The belts suck and this sucks, you know? And it, I think it's because it's funny. It's like we can pick and choose all day when you get mad at sanctioning belt. You know what I mean? So it's just, but that's why he fucking, they allowed him to fucking have that belt so damn long without defending it because he didn't have any mandatories. That's why. It's not like, well, because he's a chicken and I'm seeing all these old Santa Cruz is a coward, dude, you know? It's like, dude, just because you like Leah Wood doesn't mean you got to fucking call other fighters a coward, dude. It's just stupid. And then, oh, he's got 24 hours. There's no way he's going to take the fight. There's no way. Oh, I'm taking the fight. Now, you know, one thing I'll say, who knows what actually happens, right? But he has indicated that he will accept it. Be like he'll dip and take on Vargas. That could be. I wouldn't call him a a quote-unquote, you know, pussy or, you know, a coward for doing that. What, for for taking a tougher fight? Because that's what I believe it would be. But Jake Donovan made a great point uh, that the split 75-25, and I don't be surprised if Matchroom comes back and tries to tweak that. Um, but wasn't that the thing that they were waiting for? Well, they, they were waiting to just make the decision for the WBA. But, yeah, right now, as it stands, it's 75-25, what, 60-40 or 55-45 at max. So if Matchroom does put up a bunch of money, well, that's going to bode well for – so I'm happy either way on that one. I'm, I'm very happy either way on that one. I think that's great. I think that's phenomenal. That's a good fight. It'll be interesting to see who puts up the money to get it. Who outbids who? And, and, um, on the surface, kind of when I first thought about it before I, I knew the split, I did kind of think that, well, maybe Eddie will fork out the money, you know? But then again, it's like, man, when your guy's 25 and it's 75, it's like, I don't know. The, the money you're going to – basically the money they're going to probably offer Wood to get that same amount of money on the purse bid. And then you got to say, well, how much more? How much money do I have to – you know, how much money is Leo Santa Cruz going to get for the fight? I'm not saying, oh, he's going to get $8 million or you know, nothing like that. Uh, but he's going to get some money. And so I don't know. I mean, like some sizable money. So, uh, you know, this fight will probably – I have a feeling it's going to happen in America just because of that. Now, a lot of people will shrug. It's a message just saying, you know, the reason why it will happen is because, you know, he didn't, he didn't travel for Frampton. That's true. He didn't go there. He didn't do the trilogy and whatnot. But, you know, if he was a coward, why would he get in the ring with Javante Davis? Does that look fun to fight Javante when he punches you like that? But no, he's not a coward. We got to stop that, guys. I'm not just trying to come to Leo Santa Cruz's, uh, you know, I mean, to his, you know, side and be like, no, man, he, he's he's a great fighter. He's better than everybody. You know, I'm not saying that. 
I would have loved to see him against Gary Russell, you know. But to call him a coward when he got in the ring with Gervonta, it's like, are you positive about that? Like, are you sure? So, um, yeah, either way, I have a feeling based off of having to – I just think that they're working on it. they probably already been negotiating a little bit. And it'll be really interesting to see this. PVC in Matchroom. Like, can we get this fight across the fucking line? And will they just say, fuck it, let's agree, we're going to go over there? Or will Eddie really put out the big bucks, which he's going to have to because he's going to have to pay Leo and to get, you know, I don't know, maybe they'll say, I'll put out this money and you get the 25%, but I'll get you more money, you know, on the back end of it or whatever. It could be. I guess that, that is a possibility. Um, let me get to some more fight news um, before I go over that Espinoza Oscar stuff. Um, Pedraza and Comey, 10 rounder, uh, April 27th at the Hard Rock Hotel Casino in Tulsa. Sometimes Tulsa will have a. Isn't that where they do the. Uh, isn't that where they do that Main Street fight where they put it right on Main Street? Maybe I'm. Maybe it's just Oklahoma someplace else. Maybe I'm tripping. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a. It'll be interesting to see what Kome has left in that fight. To be honest with you, but um, <coughs> Jared Anderson is on that. He's the co-feature, I believe. So that's pretty cool. I like that. This is what I was talking about earlier. Buatzi and Pascal. Joshua Buatzi, Sean Pascal, IBF formally orders light heavyweight title eliminator. So boxing scene has confirmed the IBF formally ordered the shit. Two sides will be granted free negotiation period to work out the terms for such a fight to determine the IBF challenger to lineal and unified lightweight Peter BF. Uh, for right now, Buatzi would be 60%. He would get the 60-40. He would get the 60 part of that. Oh, this is what I was talking about, Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia, this is from Fight Height. Danny Garcia, dead serious, warning to Arislani Lara to accept the middleweight title shot at 155. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if that's going to happen. Rumorville, okay. Well, actually, this is still kind of a rumor, but it seems like it's Pretty said this is Keith Eidick boxing scene. Haney Cambosa's rematch set for October 16th, which technically is actually October 15th here, at Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne, which is obviously where the Australian Open is. Um, it sounds like ESPN will televise it, which is no big, you know, different there. And then Fox over there will be pay-per-view. And that Rod Laver is like, it sounds like it's like sixteen or seventeen thousand. I know. I think it's like twenty thousand for fights or for uh, tennis. But this is what they're talking about here. And Bob said we're still working on it. Um, and he also said it, it kind of matters. Like they're kind of seeing how much the government's going to give them again. So we'll see how that works out. But if you look at the fall date, that October sixteenth technically up to October 15th here in the States. 
there's a great chance that's behind college football. So sign me up for that because that October college football game, if you look at it, October, November, it generally gets a healthy-ass rating. And, you know, don't get me wrong, the first one got a nice rating. But this would be a really great opportunity for Devin Haney. And obviously Campos is too, if you were able to, you know, knock down Haney or some shit like that. But uh, this is a hell of a – I'm not calling – well, I mean, the way the fight – how many rounds did you give Campos in that fight? So when I say showcase, I'm not trying to disrespect him. But showcasing your skill – um. It's going to be a big window. I mean, that that's going to be a big rating. And I know a lot of people didn't like that it wasn't a two-way fight. They thought Haney should go for the knockout more and all that. We'll see if he ups it up a little bit. He could apply a little bit more urgency to try to hurt and stop him. And maybe he gets caught during that in two or three more competitive rounds than we were used to. You know, or not used to, but, you know, it's seen in the first fight. Who knows? But anyway, it'd be nice to just get that fight over. And I know now everyone's like, oh, this is horrible, and this is garbage. But it's like, dude, you already fucking knew this was going to happen. <laughs> like, it is what it is, dude. It is what it is. You know, should uh, Haney have to sign a contract where he has to sign a, where it's a one-way rematch clause? Does that suck for Bach? Yeah, that sucks, dude, but... This is the reality of it, man. I already see, like, this is the most, this is the most worthless fight. Dude, I hear you, but, you know, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use the example of, well, that's what they said about Fury and Wilder. Look how that turned out. Because, you know, I just think that's different, you know. Because Wilder, you hit, you know, if he hits, well, he came out with a jab for one thing, and jabbed in the body. So that helped him early, but we know he's got that that fight changer, or at least round changer. Um, but yeah, I mean, we already know it. So that's, like I said, just pounding your fucking head on a, on a cement wall is basically what you're doing if you're going to just, from now until October, complain about the Campos and Sandy fight. I got an idea. Boycott the fucking thing. Then. Just don't watch it. You know? There'll be other college football games that night. Watch college football. Maybe there'll be another fight. In fact, <laughs> a date, October 15th, funny enough. Um, was it, I can't remember if it was Darrell, was it Darrell's uh, Instagram? Anyway, October 15th was was floated out there as a date for Anthony Darrell and Caleb Plant, which would be, I wonder like what network that is. That going to be like this PBC O Fox four pay-per-views, and that'll be the fourth one. I don't know. I hope that's not on pay-per-view. Do they think, well, off the back of doing the, that healthy-ass buy, we're going to sneak in and, and try to get some buys? I don't know. I have no clue. We are starting to hear, like, we already saw that date, that potential January date that uh, Jermel Charlo for Tim Zoo, you know, Charlo put that out and then edited the post. Or did he delete it and redo it? I don't remember. Can you just, can you edit on Instagram? I'm not on Instagram, actually. I don't post on Instagram. Um, 
So my point for bringing that up is, is this the makings of a PBC schedule that's coming out? Is it Showtime? Is it Fox? Is it Showtime plus other stuff? What gives, basically? Are we going to get another five-month release, you know, in, in the in the month of August? Are we going to get, you know, a big, a big release of fights and stuff like that like Showtime likes to do? Um, and the reason why I keep bringing this up is because, well, you know, the fall's coming on here, knock on wood, somewhat soon, and usually, you know, this week and then the, the next few weeks, we're going to get more and more September and October and that type of thing filled up. But also, we have never heard that Showtime and the PBC have a new deal. Remember they had, what, a three-year, a three- or four-year deal? I can't remember if it was a four-year deal or what. I think it's a four-year deal. Do the math, that would be, you know, they're obviously – whether they've already figured one out or they're renegotiating or they're negotiating, whatever. But is this, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, clearly there's some PBC fighters that need to fight and there's not enough dates right now. That's clear. And that's obvious because Fox hasn't done any FS1 basically this year, right? And they did, on part of that deal was 12 a year. And obviously there hasn't been as many foxes either. And what? Two foxes so far, which two pay reviews, right? So that's where I'm wondering. You know, I'm wondering. And, and like I said, it could be Showtime and whatever. I'm just throwing stuff up against the wall. Paramount Plus. Maybe there's a deal there to be had. Maybe CBS Sports because CBS and Showtime, you know, CBS Sports, they don't have a ton of content on there. That would be good for them. So, I don't know. Um, by the way, according to Jake Donovan, well, according to the WBO, I suppose, uh, this is off a tweet of him in, a, in an article, um, Janovic and Andre, they, the WBO has formally reordered a 30-day negotiation period. Um, and it sounds like Andre, represented by Salida Promotion, is in talks. But we'll get to Andre in just a second because he is trying to get, and I get why he's doing it, uh, but he's trying to get the fight, he's trying to get a different fight. And Chris Eubank Jr. But there's this audio of him in this video on, on Fight Hype, I believe. I think it was a post of his, but I don't know. I don't know if he was on one or what. But I like that fight a lot, you know. And it is probably – he wouldn't get more money off of it, more likely, right? But I don't know, man. The way he was talking, it's like for him to be like – I don't know. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Juan Francisco Estrada will reportedly vacate his WBA title rather than defend it against Joshua Franco. This is off of Bad Look a bad left hook, shots out to them. Um, instead, he's going to elect to face Jonathan Rodriguez on August 27th and then go ahead with the planned Chocolatito trilogy. So I'm not totally mad at that. Um, the dude, dude, Miguel Cotto Promotions and 
Pro Box TV, that new app, uh, they partnered up on a monthly series in Puerto Rico. The uh, boxing scene has learned that Puerto Rican icon, uh, promotional company, and Pro Box have reached a deal. So, to, to, to produce monthly shows in 2023, the companies first will work together on three shows before the end of 2022. And the first one is August. They are scheduled for October 26th and in part of the WBO annual convention, December 9th. So we'll see how those go. Oh, by the way, Oscar De La Hoya, last week, we talked about how he said that Eddie Hearn does not promote Dimitri Bivol and that he's only in talks with his manager, but he doesn't have a promoter. On the DAZN box show, Eddie Hearn has confirmed Dimitri Bivol is still under contract with Matchroom. So, you know. Oh, the other WB thing of note was Golovkin. Golovkin will reportedly have to defend his WBA super middleweight world title against regular champion. Hence the reason why this never got called, because of the super. Uh, Arislani Lara within 120 days. If he re- if he returns to 160 after facing Canelo uh, on September 17th, so my guess is Golovkin's probably not going to give two shits about that fight. He's going to get a big payday. He probably won't want to turn around and fight somebody. Go back down to 168, you know. Although, or sorry, <laughs> 160, and although. I'd say a really tricky style. Lara of late has been going the opposite way, if we're being honest. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we'll see how that goes. Do, 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 do. Another one, speaking of Aroslani Lara, Thurman is considering a catchweight to fight Lara. He actually said to Jake Donovan that he expects to return this October. Um, if the right fight manifests in the upper division, I will consider it. It's funny, all this time I thought Aristotle Lara was still 154 uh, division until someone explained to me he's 160. We haven't seen many uh, fighters in history move from 147 to 160, and we're, success- and we're successful taking on the historical challenges. It entices me a little bit more, So, um, but it sounds like October. Uh, huh. That's what it sounds like. We know he's towards his end of his career, Ersline Lara. I'm not saying the, uh, his next fight will be his last one, but he definitely wants to call him the name. He's someone I've known for years, admires boxing skills, yada, yada, yada. So I do want Lara to get a big fight, dude, because he's, I mean, he's been fighting just a really poor schedule. I've gone over it multiple times. It's like, Um, Oh, Joshua Parker versus Otto Wallen is explored by Boxers Shalom. Uh, That's the boxing. This is from Boxing Scene. Ben Shalom uh, would like that fight. Uh, We are still hopeful of Dillian White rematch. Joe Joyce fight for him. But we've, we've had an offer for him to fight Otto Wallen. Um, I like that fight. Parker and Wallen signed me up. This is for a vacant British heavyweight. Shouts out to the UK. 
Um, this is uh, two heavyweight. These two heavyweights will battle for the, the title vacated by Joe Joyce. Uh, Wardley and Gorman. Fabio. I think it's Fabio, right? Wardley and Gorman. That, that's kind of a, that's an interesting matchup over there. I, I don't mind it at all. This is uh, Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia and Floyd Mayweather supporting Canelo in their feud. They need the inventors. Avengers to stop me. They need the Avengers to stop me from talking. It could be Floyd. It could be Canelo throwing all the goats. They need them all. They can't stop me. Boy, he is real happy about himself lately, isn't he? But hey, do your thing, man. Do your do your thing, dude. Like, it, I know I wouldn't. You. He says uh, Ryan Garcia. Oh, oh. By the way, we'll get into this stuff now, okay? So Ryan Garcia. Credit to him on this one. Remember, he said, oh, it's got to be 140. And I was tonight I was going to play some audio of him saying Loma fight because uh, he, he's going to save the Haney fight for obvious reasons. But he said, because he's not big enough, he says, and that's why he wants Tang. But he, he talked about the Lomachenko fight. He talked about, well, I could be the only guy that knocks out Cambosis. He mentioned guys that are 135 pounders. You know, remember with Loma and Pacquiao years ago, threw it to Pacquiao through Pacquiao's name to Lomo's people, and, and, and they said, no, nah, we're not going to 140. So it's kind of funky when he's naming all these guys. And he's like, dude, this division is awesome. And this is after the fight, by the way. It's not fight week. He's talking about how awesome the division is. But then he's talking about, well, I have to be at 140. You know, so he's kind of weird. But I give him credit here. Ryan Garcia, because Floyd Mayweather said, now this is going to be at 135, period. And this is Ryan Garcia. He said, it's any weight, any time, any place. There's your answer, Floyd. Oh, yeah, you can get it. Oh, yeah, you can get, get it, too, if you want. <laughs> Let's hear the excuse now. So kind of interesting there. Now, someone that stayed more quiet has been Gervonta Davis. Um, and he's more, you know, he wants to stay quiet before, you know, we get the deal done. Uh, he says, I have been going back and forth with Ryan Garcia, really. Because we all know he's not a man of his word, but I know it's a possibility of this fight happening. So I'd rather stay quiet till the deal is locked. Nothing means anything now. Yeah, we can make it happen, to say the least. It's already locked in if people do what's right, you know? So that's basically saying, hey, on the A side, if you want the fight, you got to come here. That's, that's basically what that's saying. I do like the stay quiet thing, you know, for me, I'm always like that, but I also do like what Garcia said today. It's like, all right, forget that 140, it's 135. This is what Progress said. This is what he tweeted. I'm so glad I stayed at 140. A few years ago, I felt it would be the most loaded division in boxing. Now it's starting to materialize. In the next two years, things are going to get real started heating up. You might even have a four kings type of situation. Save this tweet. Well, I'll tell you what, ever since he lost that fight to Taylor, which, by the way, obviously, as we know, was super competitive, um, you know, uh, he, he missed weight, uh, he fought, you know, a no-hoper, um, it is what it is, you know, he fought, I understand why he uh, took the deal with Probellum, but you know, I don't know where he's with that one. So I just hope he gets his career back going. But, 
yeah, I mean, it sounded like he was going to sign a, some sort of options with PBC. And sometimes when you're first, you know, when you're first fight with them, you don't make weight. Maybe that, you know, and maybe they, he was trying to have more at 147 than 140 because he said, I wanted a belt at 140 and then go up to 47. But now it does look like he's got his diet down too. So hopefully uh, progress can get in there and, and bang with the best of them at 140 because he is right. There, there's going to be guys coming up to you. Fimo, as we know, is going to fight here against Campa or whatever. So let's hope. Let's hope. Now, as far as <clears throat> there's been a variety of talk, okay? Now, Chris Mannix is a biased zone broadcaster, as we know, and he's always been anti-PBC and Al Heyman, always. I mean, there's just no way around it. The guy will still look, well, where's the investment money? But then he won't turn around and say, well, how many, how much money has this own loss? I mean, if you don't care, then you don't care. Cool, then don't, you know, don't care then either way. But here's what he says. As I understand it, both fighters have deals with their networks. So walking away, switching at this point is impossible. And again, joint pay-per-views when two sides are motivated are very doable. Uh, my hope is that both fighters push hard to make it happen. And uh, the motivated part, of course, it's doable. It's you know when we talk about this, when I talk about this subject, it's it's not that they're not doable, but once again, we're talking realistic. I hope that they do that. You know, we've got these minor little, like if we could get that Lee Rood in Santa Cruz, that would be a match from PBC fight. We just got, although it wasn't much in the ring, <laughs> but Javier Fortuna, you know, Hector Garcia, who just beat a Heyman. About the fight, uh, Rodrigo. What is it, Rodrigo Guerrero? He, he's a he's a Golden Boy fighter. It's going to be on Showtime. So hopefully we get more of this stuff. You know what I mean? And usually it comes down to when a fight just needs to happen, or it's like, well, he's going to be your mandatory anyway, or the scenario, you know, with the belts and all that, that type of thing. Um, or it's just like, well, this guy's a good B side for you here to have that. That's cool. That'll work. You know, that's usually what it is. Or just the big, big fight. Don't get me wrong. This is a big, big fight. Um, it's just the zone thing, you know, whatever. Anyway, he says, and then he reiterates, as far as Ryan goes, according to the zone, he has a deal with him. And that's something, you know, Garcia hasn't said that. And I don't know. You know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know exactly what the deal is. Um, because, you know, taking it from Mannix's side, like, oh, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll just listen to Mannix, uh, you know. But you could say the same about Oscar. You know, you could say the same thing about Oscar in this scenario, okay? But there is some audio that I'm going to play it. By the way, I'm going to play the Espinosa, so calm down, take a deep breath, I'll play it. But this is a cl- clarification. Now, it does not, doesn't mean it's factual, but this is out of the horse's mouth, okay? Because, like I said, I've, I've never heard Ryan Garcia say he has a deal with the zone. And as we know, Canelo didn't know that Oscar and Golden Boy had signed an agreement, a different agreement with the zone, and signed a different agreement on the same topic, and that had to do with opponents, finalizing opponents. Um, 
So that's what that whole lawsuit really is about, you know. And that's that's why he's no longer with Golden Boy. That's what it alleged, but they dropped the shit real quick, didn't they? And he got out of his deal, didn't he? So obviously there, there had to have been some truth to that. That's my opinion. They didn't ever play it out in the court, but that kind of tells me something right there. Um, so here's Oscar talking about the deal. He just, when that gets brought up, and this is fight height, but it's also, you can hear it's fight hub uh, asking the question. So we heard, we heard it. I'm going to play it again. Okay. This is what Oscar De La Hoy said after the fight, the latest fight. So that's what he said. Now, in the interview, he wasn't asked again, but does he, but does Ryan Garcia? So he wasn't followed up with that question, but it was in the question. Ryan doesn't have a deal with his own, but Golden Boy does. And that's exactly what Oscar said. He said, no, we, we have a deal. We have a deal and we promote Ryan. And as we know, you can be put on the shelf as a promoter if they don't you know if you want to fight some you don't want to do the fights they want you to do they can put you on the shelf so that's that's just the horse's mouth this is after the fight this is after the manic side saying he talked to his own and, and, and ryan has a deal with them uh, ryan's never said it publicly it is kind of shaky where you're like well hold on if you have a deal with them and your promoter's saying it has to be disowned, wouldn't you be following suit? You know? So I, I, this is going to be funky. And I think we will find out. I think it'll be a little a bit, but I think we will find out. Now, um, the copy box dude, this is what this is what one of the top guys, Mr. Joe, uh, Markowski, Markowski, I think it is. Let me get to the tweet here. So he says, and this is kind of a funny thing, but he says, we don't do our business publicly, never have, which you mean you? <laughs> and that's not true either, but we know Eddie fucking is Mr. Public, and so is Oscar. So it's really fucking stupid to say that, but whatever. It's Twitter, so, you know, people say stupid shit, I have. <laughs> but he says, we don't do our business publicly. Because I'm about to play the clip of Espinosa talking. He says, never have, but in this case, an exception. He says, Espinosa, respectfully, you are incorrect on this point, but per my emails, call or email back and let's discuss. Which is kind of like, you have his number? Because you should probably just text this shit then. <laughs> you know, if you actually don't do it publicly. But, you know, kind of opens up stuff, but this is what Espinosa was saying to the copy box dude about making this fight, and he was making a about how the PBC fighters didn't have a deal with Showtime. 
So they went directly to the fighters, sometimes not even the management, right to the fighters, but the management fighters, whatever, besides Al wasn't always sent to him or, or you know, whatever. It's kind of vague because Eddie will just say, well, I emailed or I DM'd uh, Charlo something. You know what I mean? But this is what he said. This is what this is what I was trying I was gonna play uh, last week, but I got cut off. This is Espinosa exclusively talking about it. Ryan Garcia is not exclusive to the zone. I know Golden Boy is, um, but the reality is, um, you know, it's it's an interesting and ironic change of events. They spent three years trying to go around us to get to every fighter that we have. Now all of a sudden they figured out, hey, let's let's go to them. Um, look, uh, I, I so that part is factual. That's a fact. They did go to Showtime to talk about joint stuff, they went right to them, or they went right to the fighters. So we're just going to keep it up with that name, no problem. We need to platform this. Uh, I don't. I think there are plenty of other ways that are fair to resolve this. You just said something interesting there. You said the years trying to go around us to get to every fighter that we have. Now all of a sudden they figured out, hey, let's let's go to them. Um, look, uh, I, I don't think we need two platforms in this. Um, I don't. I think there are plenty of other ways that are fair to resolve this. You just said something interesting there. You said that Ryan Garcia isn't with the zone contractually, or is it that the yeah, Golden Boy's understanding it? You know, Golden Boy has a deal with his zone. I, I don't think Ryan Garcia personally has a deal with the zone. I don't, you know, I'm not the expert on, you know, on sort of that aspect of it. But, you know, it's not as if they signed Ryan Garcia to an exclusive contract. I mean, the zone repeatedly. And that's the one thing they just signed. Matchroom has a lifetime deal with uh, Anthony Joshua now, but his own announced that deal directly with Anthony Joshua after this next fight. If they sign Ryan Garcia, wouldn't there, wouldn't there have been an announcement? I mean, these are things I'm just talking about, okay? I don't know for a fact if he signed with DAZN or not. On one hand, Chris Mannix says, I, according to DAZN, right? Oscar says, we got to deal with them. Wouldn't that be the time when Oscar would have said, no, 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 uh-uh. Ryan Garcia has a deal with the zone, too. So, and like I said, wouldn't there have been an announcement? I mean, shit, if they're going to announce Anthony Joshua before a fight, just one more fight, signing in the, the zone in the, in the U.K., wouldn't they announce that shit anyway? an exclusive contract. I mean, DAZN repeatedly said, hey, we're going to Deontay Wilder, and we went to, uh, you know, we went to the Charlos, we went to Danny Garcia, we went to Thurman, and to all these guys because they weren't signed exclusive to Showtime, so why would we need to go to Showtime? Well, I mean, shoes on the other foot now. Why would we need to go to DAZN, you know, when DAZN isn't signed Ryan exclusively? So that's, there you go. There you have it. That's what I was going to play. That's what he said. That is, uh, and that's where Joe uh, Markowski, he, or Markowski, or Kowski, that's what he responded to. So, I, I, like I said, the, the time cut off, that's all it was. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Now, now, okay, this is some crazy shit here, okay? So, here is, let me just cue this up real, real quick. Here is Demetrius Andre audio him calling for Eubank Jr. Now remember, Eubank Jr. is deep in pause into negotiations 
which sounded like they agreed to terms. It sounded like they agreed to a catch weight, but it sounds like the rehydration clause is what was the sticky point, which that makes sense. Listen to what Demetrius Andre said. Listen to this video. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. Over $1 million. For me, it's just right there, dude. Like, and I got to admit, I don't know if what kind of lifestyle he he lives, you know. I fully admit I put something in the air. <laughs> I don't really drink that much. Um, but when we go on vacation, I would then. I put something in the air. I look that video, he looks faded. I'm just going to say that. Okay, allegedly he looks faded, but he's like, dude, uh, it just – Andre – it just seems like sometimes he's not on this planet. I feel bad for him, but then I don't. But he's like, dude, like over a million dollars. Like, to me, that's fucking huge money, right? But it's just weird to say that when <laughs> you know there's a lot more than a million dollars with that Connor Ben on the table right now. It's just funky. The timing's weird. This is just classic Demetrius Andre. Here's the audio. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go back. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, bro. I, I, 
I, I, I feel what he's saying as far as don't do that. You know, don't do that. But when you look at it, he can, he can beat Connor Ben and then fight Andre. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a funny video. But I, I feel him on that. Don't, don't do that. You know, I do feel him on that. So I agree with him there. And hey, do you, dude? You know, do you? I think that's awesome. You know, what I mean, he needs to. Uh, you know, he, he needs a big fight and. That'd be an interesting fight. So I would like that fight, and I hope he gets a big fight. In many ways, I pull for him to get a big fight. But, and at least it's Sky Sports. So, you know, maybe ultimately that'll be what the fight is. You know, they probably want, well, hold on. Isn't that from DAZN? Who Who's making the big offers? It's Sky Sports and DAZN. I thought it was DAZN. You know what I haven't heard? Funny enough, a split paper. I haven't heard Eddie Hearn saying about a split like Sky Sports in the zone. Now we know why the fuck that one happened <laughs> because he just left him. But that's what I'm saying. Like Eubank Jr., you know, Connor Ben. You, why isn't that? Well, technically he wasn't. I don't think he signed him, right? Because they just did a fight with. Uh, he just did a. They just did a Kell Brook Amir Khan. That was on Sky, right? Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was a funky video, dude. It, it was just weird. It was just like, like I said, though, you know, give me that fight, though. That'll, that'll be a good-ass fight. I'm not going to sit here and downplay that. Um, here's somebody to Manic saying to Zone also, because he says, well, you know, DAZN has spent millions on Ryan Garcia, so that's why it has to be a split pay-per-view. But DAZN also spent more, by the way, spent millions to build uh, Devin Haney, which they did spend a lot of money. I'd say more, because he's been there longer, making more money, I'd say. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't think I am. Um, they spent millions on uh, Devin Haney, but he had to go to ESPN and top rank to do it. You know, it's pretty clear that the zone isn't needed, he says. Well, whatever. Um, now, here's another DAZN employee, Stephen uh, Hansen, and he actually later that night deleted this. But he said, gate attraction is tank. In terms of people watching at home, it's Garcia. And I, and it's funny, I responded right away saying, Prove it. Prove, pr- prove it. Prove Ryan Garcia that more people are at home watching Ryan Garcia than Tank. Prove it to me. Because we don't get his own numbers. So, but he, he deleted I'm not saying he deleted because of me. I'm just saying he deleted it. This is Fred. No one was writing, well, HBO should really give ESPN a percentage of the fight because that's the network Floyd started his career with. Kind of funny. Um, Espinosa made clear points. Garcia's not exclusive, if that is true, to the best of anyone's knowledge. Blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, here is the biggest fanboy. This is the weirdest fanboy here. Or actually just the hater of Deontay Wilder. Listen to this fucking comment. This is boxing Twitter to a T. Deontay Wilder waited until Tyson Fury retired before he fought again. 
shaking my head. I said what I said. <laughs> Let me read that again. Wilder waited until Tyson retired to come back. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Do you want him to get fucking completely concussed and knocked out for like three weeks? Like, do you want to? Do you want to see him in a coma? Is that what you want to do? I said what I said. Oh, did you didn't say fucking much, dude? Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, how much of a hater do you have to be? <laughs> I just can't get over this tweet, dude. You waited until Tyson, because you're afraid of Tyson, even though you got pummeled and had the rematch. <laughs> oh boy, it's just funny. Okay, here. Uh oh, uh oh, we got we got the big drama show with Ryan Garcia stopping Fortuna. Will Ryan Garcia and Canelo finally stop cherry picking bumps? Finally, fight someone who poses a real challenge. <laughs> Oh, God, I just can't make this shit up. It's got to be a troll, right? Obviously. Because, I mean, dude, Kendall just got beat, dude. So sick of these diva cherry-picking bumps and opponents who have no chance of winning besides Bibble, who just won. It's clear uh, that Queen Ryan, Queen Rye, uh, will duck Haney. He can't fight Haney right now. Canelo's ducking Benavides, Charlo, and Andre. <laughs> I, wish, I wish Canelo would fight somebody, dude. Oh, wait, he just got beat. My bad. What do you know? What's funny? Oh, you know what? Want to know what's funny about Ben Eubank matchup? Hearn, back in 2016, was trying to make GGG and Eubank, and once that fell through, he moved on to Brooke taking the fight. Now, Hearn wanted Brooke Ben, and once Brooke fell through, he moved to... Yeah, we know, we know. That's, that's not really a good one. Um, oh, here's another one by Fred. Ryan Garcia just fought Javier Fortuna. Did PBC get a cut of this fight? Because Samson has several fighters that fight under his banner. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Oh, here's Terrence Crawford talking on the Showtime. Uh, podcast about Boots Ennis. Uh, he said Boots is a tremendously talented guy, very strong, knows boxing. He's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Me and him later down the line, if that comes on my table and it's the right fight for me, I'm taking it all. Interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. So we're going to shut this thing down, guys. We're going to shut it down. I hope you have a great week coming up, um, and, you know, I'll be back next Monday, enjoy the fights this weekend, enjoy the week, like I said, I'm going to go on a little bit of vacation, go up north there, up in northern Minnesota, you know, we got all these lakes up here, so I'm going to get by one of them, and yeah, anyway, I'm going to get out of here, like I said, enjoy the fights. Uh, let's hope we get some good news about this fall schedule that's coming up. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.